This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. As we edge closer to what we hope will be a more normal Christmas, coronavirus has again cast doubt over this year's festivities. An evening standard analysis has found COVID-19 is spreading among families in a string of London boroughs with high rates of infections in children aged 5 to 14. Case rates were also noticeably high among parents of school-aged children. Today, we know 101 new cases of the Omicron variant have been recorded in the UK. Yesterday, Health Secretary Sajid Javid confirmed the variant is now spreading in the community. According to the latest data, there are now 261 confirmed cases in England, 71 in Scotland and 4 in Wales, bringing the total number of confirmed cases across the UK to 336. This includes cases with no links to international travel, so we can conclude that there is now community transmission across multiple regions of England. It's led to more measures being introduced, like wearing masks on public transport and extra testing for those travelling to the UK from abroad. But there are now calls for more stringent regulations for schools to keep children safe. I'm joined by the Evening Standards Education Editor Anna Davis and Mike Short, who's Head of Education and Local Government at the Unison Union. So Mike, what are the figures telling us about the impact COVID is having right now? Even before Omicron sort of emerged, school-aged children have the highest rates of infection for any age group. Hospital admission rates among 5 to 14-year-olds are higher. They're even higher than they were in the mid-January peak, you know, the, the winter lockdown we had. So, you know, we need a range of measures from government to deal with all of this. So what exactly are you asking for? Specifically, we need air filtration devices for all schools, which reduce the risk of airborne transmission. We really want the government to step up face coverings so that face coverings are required in all areas of secondary schools, not just what they call communal areas, although classrooms do count as communal areas. So really, we want the government in England to follow what's happening in Wales and Scotland, where that's already in place. But in general, if the government wants to prioritise face-to-face learning with infections rising, we need all these mitigations and there needs to be funding in place for schools to be able to afford them. Now, Anna, you've been speaking with some head teachers. How are they feeling about the situation in schools at the moment? It's a really uncertain time at the moment for schools. They're just desperately trying to stay open until Christmas. But in January, secondary schools are all going to have to 
lateral flow test their pupils before they come back to the classroom. So after the school holidays, they'll be setting up their sort of field testing centres again. Some head teachers have been saying this is going to be hugely disruptive. Some of them have already planned their mocks for that first week back, so they're going to be delaying those. I think head teachers are saying, of course, they'll do it because they have to and they want to do everything they can to keep schools safe, but they just want to have a bit of knowledge in advance. They want a bit of um, early warning from the government about anything else that's going to change in those first few days back. It does seem like the preference for most parents, teachers and children is to keep schools open. Anna, you've been looking at quite a shocking report from Ofsted, which backs that stance, haven't you? Yes, it's the Ofsted annual report and it's really bleak reading, actually. It's talking about the impact of the pandemic over the last year on children. It says that virtually every single child in England has been affected by the lockdowns, by the restrictions. It says that loneliness and misery are endemic among young people now. Pretty much all children have had their education affected, but some children have been affected a lot worse. Some children in care have got so anxious that they're self-harming. Children who were vulnerable have sort of dropped below the radar and teachers who would normally see them in school every day weren't able to keep an eye on them. Some children have joined gangs and they're at risk of sexual exploitation. So it's, it's a very depressing picture and the argument is that schools need to remain open at all costs to try and stop any of this getting worse for children. So Anna, have you heard from any schools already taking measures to try and keep the spread of Covid down so they can stay open? I think head teachers already are going above and beyond the government guidelines in order to try and stay open. So all we have at the moment is that secondary school pupils must wear their masks in corridors and communal areas. But a lot of people are already wearing them in classrooms and they've or they were wearing them in corridors before they were told to. So they they just want to do everything they can to stay open. It's, it's a massive feeling of uncertainty. Lots of schools have already reintroduced bubbles and are sending individual classes home if there's an outbreak but overall they're just doing everything they can to try and keep those doors open even if some children are at home isolating they want to avoid those huge closures that we saw earlier this year. Mike, from what you know, are schools doing enough at the moment to mitigate the risks of Covid? We do know that a lot of local authorities, an increasing number and schools are bringing in mitigations. It's just that they don't have to and many are not and none of them are getting the funding they need to do it. So that's going to be the expense of other areas of education as well, which is why it's important the government puts funding in so they recognise the real stresses that the schools and school staff are under. So what is Unison planning to do to raise this issue with the government? Because of all this, on Thursday, Unison and other education unions are running a campaign day where we're making clear what we're calling for and we're asking the public, we're asking politicians to get behind our call and call on the government to introduce those extra mitigations and provide the funding needed. And we're hoping that people will get behind that campaign and tell the government that this is what they need to do. There's more on this story in the Evening Standards newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. 
QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.